In today's show, I'm reacting to the NBA's draft lottery and doing my first mock draft of the first 14 picks, the lottery picks, for the 2020, uh, 2021, that's the word, 2021 NBA draft, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. The NBA draft lottery has just concluded. We saw a couple of teams jump up into that top four, a couple of teams slide, a couple of picks get retained, a couple of picks move on after trades. We're going to go through what the top 14 of the NBA draft looks like. I'm going to do my first mock draft. This is the very first mock draft. There'll be plenty more to come, and I expect things to change quite a bit as we go through the full pre-draft process. But let's have a look at how all these... Actually, you know what? I forgot to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Green Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked-on rooms. Green Room is changing the way that we talk sports. Let's now have a look at how we're going to uh, how we're going to attack this uh, this first part of the um, first part of the uh, of the draft at pick number one, the Detroit Pistons. And again, there's so many people, man, the basketball gods. Detroit shamelessly shamelessly tanked. Fake injuries to Mason Plumley and Corey Joseph and Jeremy Grant all down the stretch of the season. They shamelessly tanked and they get rewarded for the number one pick. And I have absolutely no problem with that. But if you're going to come out there and say, oh, possible gods, they reward people for playing the right way. Then, you know, do you have that? Where's that energy for this? Where's the energy for the Raptors moving into the top four? And oh, well, you had to play in Florida. That's cool. Where's the energy for the Clippers being in the Western Conference Finals after tanking their way into their desired matchup in the playoffs? Karma, it doesn't exist. Sorry, you might believe it if you want. does not exist. Anyway, Detroit. Congratulations to Detroit. You get the number one pick in this draft. One of the most sought-after number one picks since the uh, Luka Doncic draft, which, of course, that number one and number two picks were blown. Not to say Aiton isn't playing well, because he is. That's also not to say that Bagley isn't playing well, because he isn't. Um, but that was a blown number one pick. Um, and this is one of the most uh, highly anticipated, or maybe the Zion one, but probably this one, I think, is, is a higher level of anticipation. And the Detroit Pistons... With that pick number one, I uh, I feel pretty good about saying they're going to go with Cade Cunningham in that um, in that slot. Six uh, eight point guard, I think. Yeah, you think you'd call him a point guard? Out of Oklahoma State, he's nineteen years of age. He averaged twenty points per game. You can look at that and say you know, three and a half assists. Don't worry about that. He is an unbelievably high level passer. The problem is, is that to get generate assists, your teammates have to hit shots. And unfortunately, his teammates were horrendous, and they didn't hit the shots. He shot well well above my expectations for him. I think he was a 40% three-point shooter. He had a 59 true shooting. He had 29 usage. He hit his free throws well. He defended pretty well. He's a good rebounder. He is going to be, on this team, he's going to slide straight into a starting role. He is going to be a fantasy stud, I believe. I think you might have some initial issues with field goal percentage, but you, know, you don't normally want to reach too high on rookies. Um... I think he's top 50, 50, yeah, top 50 minimum in his first season. 
And uh, yeah, you, you're reaching really high for this bloke in Dynasty. The the ceiling is absolutely through the roof for Cade Cunningham. Really looking for him now. He, what he can do, like he can he play alongside Killian Hayes? Absolutely, he can. We saw the Pistons getting reps into Hayes as an off-ball guy as well. We their current starting shooting guy. What is it? You know, Wayne Ellington. Like, who, there's no one there that needs to tie down that position. Yeah, their their foundational pieces are literally nobody at this pace. You could say Bay, you could say uh, Big Alf Stewart if you wanted to. I wouldn't say that he was necessarily a uh, foundational piece. And I can't find my Alf Stewart noise. Where is it? There it is. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Yeah, there's Sadiq Bay, but Cunningham, Bay, Grant, Stewart, Hayes. Like, there's your piston starting five to see where we go from there. So pick number one does, in fact, go to the Detroit Pistons. And and I'm, I'm telling you now, the number one pick through any of my mock drafts moving forward will not change. It will consistently be Cade Cunningham, much like it was LaMelo Ball last year. It will consistently be Cade Cunningham as my number one pick in every um, in every mock draft that, uh, that I do end up doing. Let's have a look at who I've got, though. Number two is the Houston Rockets. They fell from the number one spot to the number two spot, but yeah, more importantly, they could have easily lost this pick out to the Thunder, so it is a big win. The, the odds were stacked against them, but they keep the pick, and they get pick number two. Now, this is where it's a little bit tough. Like, I, I'm not really, and I think I am going to go back and forth on this one quite a lot. At, at this early stage, really early stage, at pick number two, I'm going to take Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga for the Houston uh, Rockets. Now, Suggs is a 6'4 point guard, He's 20 years of age, so he's a little bit older despite being a freshman. He averaged 14 points. He hit one three. 60% true shooting is obviously a uh, a really strong number. Um, I really debated having Evan Mobley here in this spot, but I do think that having um, Suggs next, having Suggs here with his yeah, size as a guard. Yes, I know they've got Kevin Porter. Kevin Porter is not a piece that you look at and go. We can't get a player who plays guard next to Kevin Porter because Kevin Porter's the answer. He's not. And I, you could easily say the same thing of like, you know, taking Mobley uh, because Christian Wood's there. And that's not why I didn't take Mobley. It's just that I, I, I think that, you know, I'm going to put more. And Mobley has a chance to be a very good big man. You know, not a Marvin Bagley, DeAndre Ayton. Um, uh, I'm sure there's other bigs. Uh, James Wiseman type big men, like more of an Anthony Davis style big man. I think he can become like he could become that guy. So I'm a little bit skeptical of me not picking that. And I reckon I probably will change that over quite a bit in the coming mocks. Um but I just I just think that getting the guards in is is quite important. And that's where I'm going with um with Suggs. Some of his shooting yeah he, that is a high true shooting for sure and in great finishing rate, but only hit 34% of his threes, which is a little bit uh, a little bit concerning. Um I still do think that he is the guy with his aggression, um, his passing, and you know, like he averaged 2.8 uh, stocks across the, the course, that 1.9 steals and 0.3 blocks. Like there's some pretty good numbers there. I'm pretty interested to see what Suggs can do, even though I'm not I'm not even hundred percent convinced in my early decision to have him at uh have him at number two. All right. So let's move it on. Let's talk number three. I don't think there's going to... Actually, you know what? Let's not talk number three because I have to tell you 
about Spotify Greenroom. This episode is brought to you by Greenroom. Greenroom Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me and other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Greenroom is the perfect place to start or join that conversation about the league, and you can find Locked On hosts right across the platform discussing the NBA, the MLB, NHL, the NFL. Um, so go download that free Spotify Greenroom app which is currently available on all iOS devices and it is on Android as well. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter and join the group of your favorite league, which of course is the NBA. For the latest league updates, I know you'll find tons of incredible rooms across your favorite team and league and uh, go download that Green Room app today. Green Room is changing the way that we talk sports. Okay, so at pick number three, the Cleveland Cavaliers moved into this position. And if the draft does move in this direction, I think they would be absolutely insane to pass up on Evan Mobley, who is a big man, center. You could say power forward in a pinch, but let's call him a center. Evan Mobley from USC, who, um, again, very, very easily goes in that top two, I, I think, in a lot of circumstances. And I probably will have him going to Houston. Uh, I can see, once I dig more into these guys, I can see that being the case as he moves in there now. Is Evan Mobley... Uh, going to Cleveland, going to be the thing that pushes them back to the playoffs? I'm not sure, but you can check all of our playoff coverage right across the NBA, Locked On NBA Network. And it is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more uh, along the way. All right, so let's look at what Mobley uh, has to offer. Big man, as I said, seven foot center, 20 years of age. Again, a little bit on the older side. He averaged 16 and nine. He blocked almost three shots. The free throw percentage is a little bit concerning there. Just the old 69% from the line. Giggity. But he is still a guy that, you know, we have some really, um, really impressive uh, film to, to watch him. Like his ability to move, his ability to defend, um, his jump ability is great. He kept his um, fouls way down. We do have to worry somewhat about maybe his post-scoring. He's not quite that strong, but I don't think that matters too much. Is there an issue with a guy like him in terms of just being that guy who dominated lower levels due to his size, a bit like Wiseman, perhaps? Um, I think his passing is underrated. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm even talking myself into putting him in number two right here. But for the Cavs, I know they have Jared Allen, who's a restricted free agent. This is a guy that you don't pass up. If it's the same as if... You know, Cleveland was at number one. You don't pass up on Cade because of Sexton and Garland. Um, and if Mobley goes at two, they don't pass up on Suggs or Jalen Green because you've got Sexton or Garland there. You just grab that player. But a Mobley fit would be absolutely perfect, I think, here for Cleveland. He would fit straight in, develop with Sexton, would develop with Garland. Maybe he can play alongside Allen. Maybe you use Allen as a trade ship. I'm not sure. But Mobley, to me, if he is available here, would, uh, would be the pretty clear pick for the Cleveland Cavaliers. All right, so that's three picks down. We've got Cunningham at one, Suggs at two, Mobley at three. At number four, it's the Toronto Raptors who moved all the way up to number four from number seven. They get a little bit of lottery luck going their way. At number four, I am going to take Jalen Green of the G League Ignite team. Green um, moves to Toronto. Now, of course, what happens with Kyle Lowry is a big question mark. We don't know whether he's returning. But getting a guy like Green, if Lowry is gone, that just means that yeah, Van Vliet, it means you don't have to pay, overpay for Gary Trent as well. So they've got Trent and Flynn and Van Vliet, who they have the rights to or they have under contract. Lowry could come back and now they can add Green to that mix. So you could see if Trent gets a big offer, you can say goodbye to him. And then you could say, well, Green and Van Vliet are our backcourt of the future and Flynn is our sixth man there. 
Yeah, I think Green's an, an excellent fit in Toronto. I think he's going to be an excellent fit really wherever he goes. And he's another guy that could move into that discussion at number two. So I, I could see Houston taking him at number two. He is a really, really interesting prospect, of course. He had played that season in the G League. He's a 6'5 shooting guard. He did improve some of his passing stuff this season. He's not a complete black hole with the ball in his hands. Um, but defensively, he's not there. Like that's that's part of the problem. And he's not you know, particularly big. 170 pounds at 6'5 is very, very frail. He needs to be better. In uh, in that area of his game, he needs to be stronger. He averaged about 18 points, hit over two threes. He had a, a great you know, true shooting of 61, hit his free throws well. Usage wasn't through the roof. He got pretty good steal numbers. But defensively, that's the concern. I think that can be worked on in Toronto. And I think just having that scorer who can be a, a pretty strong shooter, he hit, what, 37% of his threes this season, uh, really, really, and finished at an astonishing rate. I, I think, to me, this top four is settled. The top one is settled. The next three are settled in any order. And as much as some think that might be a five-player draft, I think it's more of a four-player draft. And then there's a, a strong tier coming up. And this is where... Yeah, some of my other question marks about you know, what I'm going to do with this draft or what I'm going to do with future mock drafts definitely definitely come in. But I think Green going to Toronto is uh, is a move that yeah they're going to take whoever that top four is left over, and this would make a lot of sense. If you are watching this on YouTube, go drop a comment down below. What do you think of the top four picks so far? What would you have different? How would you have uh, changed this order? Um, all right, let's move on now to talk about pick number five in this draft. Cunningham, Suggs, Mobley, Green, they are all off the board. Now, this is where it gets tough. The fifth player in the five-player draft that they, they talk about, again, I'm not really sure that this is this is real, um, is Jonathan Kaminga. And that is exactly who I do have going to the Orlando Magic at, at this point. So part of that is me saying, well, he seems to fit the sort of um, profile that the Magic would like. We know that they've lost Ivan Fournier. We know that yeah, Trimra Kiki is fine. We don't know what Jonathan Isaac is going to bring. Uh, Kuminga is a wing, um, six foot seven, six foot eight wing, decent enough wingspan. Played again for the Ignite. He's still only eighteen as well. He averaged sixteen points with seven boards, a steal and a block per game. But it's the shooting that's a real worry. Under fifty true shooting is terrible. Sixty three from the line, thirty nine percent from the field. Like they are all very very poor numbers. Twenty five percent from three is horrendous, and that's really the concern. But the Magic have never shied away from not getting any someone who's uh, who can't shoot. He would fit their ability to be a really strong wing, big. Strong, long, everything that you need him to do. Athletic, that is, you know, it's Aaron Gordon all over again. Will they make that mistake again? Again, I, I can really see, I can't see myself pushing Kaminga higher than this, and I think he will move from this spot uh, as I move further into the draft process. But at this stage, I've got Kaminga there. But the shooting is a is a gigantic worry to me in terms of where he, where he goes or you know, he fits in the NBA as we move forward. Guys, Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Do you know that it has nine delicious flavors? Plus, they bring out limited time flavors all the time. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate. They're among all the goats over there. And if you don't know what your favorite flavor is, and you might not, why don't you get a mixed box? 18 bars, nine flavors, two of each, and you get to try to find out which one is your flavor. But these aren't just delicious protein bars. They are healthy. They are good for you because most of these bars are 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories and just four grams of sugar with four grams of net carbs. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. 
The NBA playoffs, they're on as we're talking, as I'm speaking at the moment. It's in full swing. You can track all that action at Bet Online, so get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball season, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news and sign-up bonuses and contest information. Use our promo code LOCKEDON and sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so now we head into looking at uh, pick number six. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder. They moved down. They didn't get the Rockets pick. It was a bad night for the Thunder in general with the lottery luck going against them. They have holes everywhere. They've got a guaranteed stud in Shea Gildas-Alexander, like absolute stud. They've got intriguing players like Alexei Pokyashevsky, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, maybe not so. These aren't guys that are foundational pieces. Shea is, but he can play on ball, off ball. He can play the one or the two. doesn't really matter who's around. Their depth at forward, I think um, they've got Kemba Walker at the moment as well. Not that that's a long-term thing. The depth at forward is, is questionable. They just traded away Moses Brown and Al Horford. Their center position's up in the air. But again, with where they are, they just need to take a player who I think has some upside. And that's why I'm going to take Jalen Johnson out of Duke, or as you Americans would say, Duke. Uh, we would say Duke. Uh, so Jalen Johnson from Duke, he uh, he's my pick for the Thunder at number six. Um, I guess a little bit controversial here, but we're in this area where things move around quite a bit. I don't know if controversial is the, the right term for uh, for Jalen Johnson in terms of his uh, ability as a player. He obviously had some issues uh, during the season with his character issues with, with Duke and uh, did leave uh, leave a little bit early, but he averaged 11 points. What I'm intrigued by are the defensive stats, 1.2 steals, 1.2 blocks. He hit half a three, 28 usage is really high, 58 true shooting is a pretty strong number. He hit 44% of his threes across his 13, uh, 13 games. Your defensive numbers are really good. He's athletic. He can handle the ball well. He's explosive. He can rebound. Again, just fitting him in that three, or probably he's probably better suited as a four, to be honest, um, with with some defensive ability there as well, um, which is you know why I think the sort of player that if it does work out for you, then you, you've got yourself a nice foundational piece next to Shea. He's not going to have to have a 28% usage on the Thunder, of course, because Gildas Alexander will be holding those shots. He can play next to Lou Dort. And you, you wonder if that shooting number, the 44%, can carry over, especially considering he hit his free throws at, what, 63%. So you'd think that maybe there's a little bit of a risk that that doesn't necessarily carry all the way over. At pick number seven, we have got in that uh, in that slot. It is the this, this was the original Raptors slot, but they of course had to move down, and it's the Golden State Warriors who get the Minnesota Timberwolves pick here. Um, so that's part of the Russell Wiggins trade. So the Warriors get pick number seven, and we know the Warriors. Well, this could very well be traded this pick as they try to really ramp up things for Steph and Draymond on this team and, and Wiggins and whatever they're doing. But if they don't, if they don't trade the pick. Again, I'm just going to go with a guy who I think has some upside, who's got an ability uh, in athleticism on the wing. The shooting is really the worry with this guy. And the player that I am talking about here is Keon Johnson from Tennessee. In Kaminga, Jalen. There's too many Jalens and there's too many Johnsons. In the top seven players, I've got two Johnsons and three Jalens. That's just too many of those names. They need new names. Um, let's call Suggsy, Greeny, Jalen, and Keon. There we go. That'll that'll even it up for us. Keon Johnson at number seven. Again, the shooting for him 
is is the real concern. Um, yeah, his numbers weren't well; they weren't particularly good. He had twenty seven percent of his threes. So that's that's yeah, terrible. When when we're talking about shooting for a, a guard slash wing, what is he six foot four? He probably can play the three a, as well. Um, he's only nineteen. He averaged what, eleven points. Um, nice steal numbers. Free throws and, and shooting, all that needs work. He's a low usage player, but again, a guy I think that given that yeah, probable loss of Kelly Oubre coming up, the return of Clay Thompson, Johnson will be in a really small role. He just sits there, learns, develops his shot, hopefully, and plays some some uh, minutes in that second unit with the Jordan Poole. And I think that would be the direction they would go. You know, the guys under him on my list, I don't look at them and go, well, they're definitely the player. Although, actually, that's not true. The guy I've got at number eight, which we'll talk about in a second, I think could be... Could be an option for the Warriors here, but again, it gets it gets a little bit um, dicey in this area about trying to find it, it's it all clumps together as it often does in drafts. So that's our top seven: Cunningham, Suggsy, Evan Mobley, Greeny, Kaminga, Jalen, and Keon. They're our top seven players in the draft. At number eight, it is the Orlando Magic, a pick which comes from the Chicago Bulls as part of the Nikola Vucevic trade. It's Vucevic. And the Magic at number eight are going to take Moses Moody out of Arkansas. Now, I talked about them at number five taking Jonathan Kaminga and how that fits the mold. At some point, they've just got to say, well, shit, we just need someone who can score and who can shoot. And Moody, I think, is going to be that guy. Like, to replace your Evan Fournier. Cole Anthony's great. You've got Marco Fultz coming back. All that sort of stuff is fine. But just getting another guard, another score, a 6'6 shooting guard, averaged 17 points with two threes, 81 from the line, 57 true shooting. Um, yeah, he's still got a lot to work on, obviously, as all these guys do because they're young. He's dribbling. You know, sometimes can have some, uh, some, some issues. But in terms of just being a scorer, um, I think there is value there with him. He can get to the line a ton as well. Massive free throw rate, which is huge, being able to generate offense that way and being a great free throw shooter. I think that does uh, that does bode well for Moses Moody from Arkansas, who goes uh, to the Magic here at number eight. Let's have a look now at what we're doing for pick number nine in this uh, mock draft. Pick number nine is held by the Sacramento Kings. So, you know, they can try and screw this up as much as they want. There's Halliburton, there's Fox, there's Holmes, Harrison Barnes, of course, not a piece we're building on for the future. But at number nine, I am going to take for Sacramento, local boy or local product from Stanford, Zaire Williams. Williams um, is a forward, a three, four sort of combo forward who I do think will um, yeah, work well. Again, we talk about guys, Mo Harkless was starting for these guys. Yeah, Barnes is not going to be around forever. A 6'8 forward, Zaire. He only averaged 11 points and shot 37% from the field, which is obviously rough with a 47 true shooting. Like they are yeah, really, really poor numbers. There's no there's no denying that. But I just think a 6'9 good moving wing player who can create a little bit for himself as well and can move well defensively is, um, is important. He did have some injuries and... The shot was was way off in terms of 29% from three and overall true shooting 47. But the fact that he hit his free throws is really encouraging to me. And I think, yeah, just having that ability playing with with someone like a De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton to set it up for him and to show that sort of uh, length and ability defensively, which I think he can do, is uh, yeah, the pick that I'm going with here for, uh, for Stanford getting Zaire Williams. 
across to them at pick number nine. Let's go through the last few picks now at number well, after pick number nine, we got uh, pick number 10. That's how uh, numbers work. And that pick is held by the New Orleans Pelicans. And with this selection, I don't know what's happening with Lonzo Ball. I don't know what's happening with Josh Hart. I don't know what's happening with the entire organization. They don't even have a head coach at this stage. But at number 10, I'm going to take Jaden Springer, guard out of Tennessee. Now, they drafted Kyra Lewis last season, and I still really believe in Kyra. They do have Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but there's no guarantee that those guys necessarily are going to hit. You've got Zion and Brandon Ingram. They're locked in. And it's not necessarily about drafting for need only, but when players are pretty similar, I think you're drafting a position where it's always handy to have you know, really useful players the whole way through. I think getting a guard like Jaden Springer is an interesting move. He's very young. He's only 18. He's got decent size. He's six foot four. So yeah, that intrigues me a lot. That's two Tennessee guys here going in the, in the top 10, by the way. So six foot four, you're quite strong, quite uh, athletic. He hit 44% of his threes. Now, is that real? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and is he the you know, high-end scoring type player? Probably not. Is he an you know, elite level passer? Not really, but he's a good enough guard that can handle the ball and, and can play sort of one or two and can, can pass. Um, and can yeah, and can shoot, and that's really and getting shooting around Ingram and Zion in particular, I think is absolutely massive. And we don't know if it's going to work out, but I think this is a great opportunity to get a very young player, a young guard with some shooting ability, and has got some power to really start to develop over over the coming seasons. So that is ten picks down. There are four picks to go in my first mock draft. We're doing lottery only today. At number eleven, it is the Charlotte Hornets. We all know what they need. It is a big man. Rogier, Ball, we don't know if Graham's coming back. Haywood, Bridges, PJ Washington Jr., although I think his best position is center. He can play the four as well. I think they need a big man. And again, I'm not reaching, but this is the sort of spot I had this guy going before because I had a, a, a sort of list of players done before the lottery happened. And then the lottery happened. I just shuffled a few things around depending on how things went. So at number 11, the Charlotte Hornets are going to take Usman Garuba from Real Madrid, who is a center. He's not a particularly big center. I think he's like 6'8 or 6'9. Yeah, so yeah, that that varies that he's uh listing. He's not he's not particularly old. He's no Bismack Biombo. But Cody Zeller's not the answer there, quite obviously. Bismack Biombo is not the answer there, quite obviously. Garuba is an elite defensive player already. 6'8 center, 19 years of age from Real Madrid. He averaged five points a game. Like that's terrible. He only played 17 minutes, but half half a block, 0.7 steals. The shooting numbers look look, you look at these numbers, you go, well, Josh, what does this guy do? He's a really good defender. Like he is a very good defender. Eight, uh, playing at 18 years of age for Real Madrid, he was really good. Huge wingspan. I think he's going to be a good rim protector as well. I think he's got some ability to be a decent passer. The shooting is is just the the issue there. But do you need him to shoot? Can he just be a high energy rim rolling offensive player, Rashawn Holmes? And a high level defensive big man, a 27 to 30 minute a night guy in his prime. I think that's what you want. Um, the shooting, I think there's some hope in it coming around. I'm not 100% convinced on that, especially when you look at the poor free throws of 66%. Um, but uh, he is the guy that I am, uh, I'm pretty interested in seeing what happens with him. And I think the, the Charlotte would be, not the Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets would be looking for a guy like Usman Garuba. We go now to the last three picks of the lottery in this mock draft Number 12, it is the San Antonio Spurs. 
Big questions for them in the offseason. What happens with DeMar DeRozan? Probably chief among those. Mills and Gay also out of contract. What position do they need? White and Murray, they're your guards. Pirtle, your center. You're not building around those guys in if you had other options. If you had a chance to get Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green or Evan Mobile, you do it, right? But you don't have that chance. So they're there. So you need threes. You need fours. Keldon Johnson's fine, but he's not the guy that you need to lock into that position. So I'm going to take a guy who don't... The preconceived notions about his brother, I think, might turn you off a little bit, and that is Franz Wagner of Michigan. He is not a center, like... Uh, not, not, not like Flaming Mo. Wagner is like a 6'9", small forward, power forward type player. He is a guy that you know can shoot the ball pretty well. He's, he's a two-year college player. He averaged 12 points, 1.33s, three assists, a steal, over a steal, over a block. Now, that's where the difference to with Mo Wagner comes in, an ability to generate some defensive numbers, a very good shooter, a lower usage player, um, and I think he can just fit in really nicely with this Spurs team. Look, he could fit in on most teams, to be honest. He hit 34% of his threes, but he's better than that as a shooter. I think he can be much better there. Solid passer, good rebounder, good finisher, good defender, good size. A bit of a, a minus wingspan, but a guy who is just very solid across the board. And when you're picking at pick number 12, I'm not sure you can ask for too much more than being a guy who's solid, who can shoot, who can defend, who can pass. Not elite at any of those things, but strong right across the board. Still, Despite being two years into college, still only 19. He's going to turn 20 in a month or two. Um, but he is my guy there at number 12. So we've got two selections left now in this mock draft. Um, number 13, we've got the Indiana Pacers. Does Miles Turner return? I've got no idea. TJ Warren will be back next season. Do they just start him at the four? Well, they're going to have an opening at the four or the three, depending on what happens with Turner. Um, you've got Karis Levert, of course. You've got Malcolm Brogdon. They're pretty much locked in as parts and pieces there. You can always use backup wings and, and backup forwards, backup guards as well. The you know, TJ McConnell, he might leave. Aaron Holiday showed some things though. So at number 13, I'm going to go with a guy that I did have a little bit higher a couple of days ago, but I've moved him down. And that is number 13, Josh Giddy, out of Adelaide, playing for the Adelaide 36ers. And what Josh Giddy is, I don't know how best to describe what Josh Giddy is. He's a six foot eight, six foot eight point guard who theoretically could play at the three or the two as well. You play him between Levert and Brogdon. He is slow, but works well in fast-paced situations. He is a top-level passer. Look at look, eleven points, not very good. Seven and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists as an eighteen-year-old playing in a professional men's league is insane. A steal per game. The shooting's the issue. Fifty-one percent true shooting is not very good. He showed some flashes. It did improve as the season went on, but thirty-two percent three-point shooting is not particularly good. But he is um, a transition monster. He is a guy that you know again moves slowly but sees things quickly. A high-level passer, and look, I could very—he could easily jump into the top eight to me, top seven. I look if I was Orlando at five, he'd, he's in my consideration. Because you don't need to be this super dynamic, fast player like Luka Doncic, like James Harden. Not—he's not those guys. But when you've got the vision and your brain thinks a million miles ahead of everything else, you can be slow and unathletic, but you still use those skills to your advantage. And I think that's what Giddy can become. So I, I, I'm happy with picking him there at number thirteen for the Indiana Pacers. Our last selection. 
goes to the Golden State Warriors. They are back in the draft after picking at number seven. This is their own pick at number 410. I had a number of names here that I was uh, thinking about. I was looking at a um, uh, Alperen Sengun, which I'm sure is mispronounced. I've got to look into that one. Uh, Scotty Barnes was an option for me here as well. But in the end, I am going to pick with this selection for the Golden State Warriors, Sharif Cooper, the point guard from Auburn. Now, part of the big concern with Cooper is he's just tiny, man. He's just so small. He is ludicrously small. Like he's he is listed as what six foot or six foot one, and that's a lie. He's no way he is. Um, there's no way that he is that big. But what he is is a fantastic passer. He had some NCAA um, eligibility concerns, but averaged twenty and eight. Shot 39%, and that's the problem. He's not a good shooter, but 83 from the line is very encouraging. His free throw rate was insane, 56% free throw rate, gets to the line a ton, doesn't finish at all well. That's a problem, but the passing is unbelievable. Like just super, super high-level passing from Sharif Cooper. Scored well, and just having the level of usage that he did, which was what? Yeah, 32% plus an insane assist percentage. That's the sort of thing that we saw from Trey Young back in the day when he was at Oklahoma. He had like a 35 usage and like a 40 uh, assist percentage or some sort of absolute bullshit number like that. And that's yeah pretty close to what we've got here for Sharif. He's at 47 assist percentage and his turnover percentage was at 18%, but that's included in usage and then 32 usage. So we're talking about he's assisting or finishing a play on like 80% of the time he's out on the court. Just insane usage, getting another guard in there next to a Jordan Poole behind Steph Curry with elite passing, playmaking, and the ability to handle a high load. Giggity. The worry you have, of course, is the shooting. And maybe the Warriors wouldn't pick two guys who struggle with their shot just because of the position they're in. But just getting a guy like this here, again, I could have easily had a Scotty Barnes, but we've got similar problems with him with uh, shooting. I do think Barnes will probably move into my top 10 or top 12 coming up as I do a little bit more data or a little bit more work on him. I've heard teams looking at him at number five. I'm not sure I'd go there with Barnes. But we've got Sharif Cooper coming in. Coming in there with that last pick at number 14. So let's just recap now. At number one, we're going with Cade Cunningham. Number two is Suggsy, Jalen Suggs to Houston. Number three is Evan Mobley to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number four is Greeny, Jalen Green to the Toronto Raptors. Number five is Johnny Kaminga to the Orlando Magic. Number six is Jalen Johnson to the Thunder. Number seven is Keon Johnson to the Golden State Warriors. Eight is Moses Moody to the Magic. Nine is Zaire Williams to the Sacramento Kings. Ten is Jakey Stringer. Of course, it's not Jakey Stringer. It's Jaden Springer to the New Orleans Pelicans. Number 11 is Usman Garuba to the Charlotte Hornets. 12 is Franz Wagner to the Spurs. 13 is Joshy Giddy to the Pacers. And 14 is Sharif Cooper to the Golden State Warriors. Guys, that'll do it for my first mock draft. Tell me how shit it is. Tell me if you loved it. Tell me what picture you liked and didn't like and who should be in here and what you need to do. Drop it in the comments on YouTube below. Also, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey on YouTube. Thumbs it up, like it, share it, get it out to as many people as possible. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.